Good morning, gentlemen. Welcome back. Coming to you live from the Summerton community, Kyle of Summerton, Philadelphia, continuing with Evan Schlema. Beautiful Thursday morning over here as we are still very much praying and learning, davening for our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael. May we and they speedily see Yeshua's divine salvations. May we only hear good news. This is Tavis. And continuing with Evan Schlema over here, and Perak Aleph, the Perak on the topic of Geula, the redemption, Kosh Baruch Hu's redemption and, and the arrival of the Erev Mashiach, which again, may all of us see that speedily in our days. May we all be Zaycha to see that. May we be Zaycha to be a part of it. So we're here in in um, in Simintes. And thank you very much, whoever turned the tables, whoever reoriented the tables. Thank you. I feel reoriented today. Last few days we were a little disoriented. So whoever was responsible, we should be blessed with blessings. Thank you. Um, so, uh, Tess, the guy was telling us some very interesting and quite fascinating ideas about how every generation has its challenges, every generation has its tests, but every generation really has its relationship with Hashem. Different relationships for different eras and different generations, and the different relationship with Hashem means a different attribute, a different characteristic, a characteristic different midah of Hashem is is felt more in a more pronounced way for that generation. Sometimes it could be a combination of midas. Sometimes it could be one primary midah, but it does shift and change from door to door, and that determines the nature of what we're receiving from Hashem, what we see from Hashem, and the nature of what that generation will look like and what that generation's leaders will look like, and that sets up, as we saw yesterday, the challenges of that generation, what that generation is tasked with, their nisayin, their mission assignments, and their goal, and different doiris have different expectations based on the hanhaga based on the interaction that they're that they're receiving and the interface is coming from the rebbe shalom the challenge of this generation is not the challenge of that generation the challenge of our generation is different than the challenge of previous generations and it has to do again with the conduct the, the, the nature of the relationship that we're receiving from the rebbe shalom and where other generations maybe didn't bring Mashiach, well, that's maybe they were tasked with a different kind of task than we were. Maybe they were given a different ta- challenge, a more difficult challenge. And, and the, the, that's the, always the best answer, as we mentioned yesterday, to the age-old question, well, how can we bring Mashiach if if uh, the leaders of yesteryear, the G'dayl of Arya Levine, couldn't bring Mashiach, how can we bring Mashiach? Arya Levine, first of all, we certainly have, have faith and belief that he probably could have brought Mashiach, I'm sure, single-handedly, right? But... Um, yeah, you need the whole generation to bring Mashiach. But uh, why didn't that generation, of Ari Levine, of the Chavetz Chaim, of uh, Reb Chaim Oyser, why couldn't they bring Mashiach? We don't know, but we do know that what they were supposed to do to bring Mashiach is not what we're supposed to do to bring Mashiach. Every door has its challenges, its nasiyanis, its tasks, and our task is a different task, but we have to do it to rise to the occasion for our door to bring Mashiach is to figure out what we're supposed to do. And we're seeing a lot of actors right now, we're certainly seeing a lot of unity. One would hope that A, that maybe our, maybe that's one of our tasks, perhaps, for Kleisel to come together to avoid divisiveness, to overcome disagreements, to overcome achlekes. But more importantly, we, we need to hope also that uh, we can continue with this achlekes, we can maintain the unity, and it's not just like a temporary unity that, uh, you know, our enemy we have a common enemy that's uniting us, so we want to have unity. Um, it doesn't require a common enemy. 
Uh, but in any case, our assignment is is the assignment of our door, and every generation has their assignment. Every generation can bring their Mashiach, bring Mashiach to that door based on doing tshuva, doing things properly for that generation. Um, and that's why we say that you know there, there, every door has someone who could be Mashiach, as it's well known. And this going is one of the sources to that that idea. Every generation can be worthy of Mashiach. Every generation, if they, if they, if they accomplish the goal and the tasks and the expectations of that generation, that generation will will will, will necessarily greet Mashiach. That means there has to be somebody in that generation that's capable of being Mashiach. There's someone in our generation that's capable of being Mashiach. Maybe he's sitting at this table right now, right? Maybe we're all Mashiach, right? There's nothing the matter with us all getting Mashiach syndrome. But every dur has someone that can be Mashiach because the guy is telling us every generation has that ability to bring Mashiach. Good. So. Yeah, okay. But we can, we can creatively interpret that. We can creatively interpret that. You know, I was born again on Tisha B'Av, right? Okay. So. Uh, so uh, yeah, sure. Okay, so now we're ready for the the uh, to bring this home, to ram this out over here. The final, the final um, piece in this, and uh, says the Gain after he's told us that every generation can bring Mashiach based on what what you know their job is, their assignments. There is a point by which Mashiach has to come, with or without us, whether we rise to the occasion or not, whether we step up to the plate or not, whether we hit that grand slam or not, there's a point in time that Mashiach has to arrive by. Let's see. That's the Keta Acharein. And that's what the guy is about to refer to. And contrast this to the the uh, ability of every door to bring Mashiach. Abba Keta Acharein, the final Ketz, that means the point of no return by which Mashiach has to arrive, it's not dependent on Shuvah anymore. It's not something that that generation is going to have to bring. It's not something that is going to have to be precipitated by the people in that particular door. There's a point in time by which Mashiach has to come. It's going to come via Chesed. Chesed means unilaterally from the Rebbein Shalalim. There is a point in time that Mashiach has to arrive. A line that's drawn in the sand that even if all else fails, every generation that, that, that um, has existed, has walked the face of this earth before that point in time has failed to bring Mashiach to not it was not able to get their act together, was not able to achieve en masse their assignment, there's a point that the Rebunshim brings Mashiach. And that's Mashiach that's dependent in Chesed, Hashem is Chesed. Kamosha Kosov, like the Pasuk says, Lama'ani, Lama'ani E'eseh. For my sake, for my sake, I will perform. Says Hashem, I will bring Mashiach, Lama'ani, for my sake. Um, I will do for my sake. We'll turn to that in a moment. The the other factor that will precipitate the, the necessary arrival of Mashiach, whenever that is, the Kates, the final end of days, with the final time when it has to arrive, is in the merit of our Avis, the patriarchs, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. In their merit as well, Mashiach necessarily has to come. It's locked in. This is the Pshat, what we say in Shemona Avais, Hashem remembers the kindness of the patriarchs, the forefathers, maybe Goyal live in the and Hashem brings the Goyal, the Redeemer, Mashiach, to their descendants, Lama'an Shemoy, for his sake, for his name.
what the Gaon means to show us in quoting this line from Shemona Esrei is both ideas that he just mentioned. Two ideas, two factors that will catalyze the necessary arrival of Mashiach at the correct point in time, whenever that's supposed to be. The Zeicher Chasdei Avais, the Zchus Avais, the merit of the patriarchs, and the maybe and Laman Shemoy for Hashem Himself. Now let's try to put this together. There's a very complex sugi going on over here. Not very, but 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 not very complex, but complex, a rich sugya that the guy just identified for us two different two different ways to bring Mashiach, two different catalysts that can bring Mashiach the Savior. What are those two catalysts that can bring Mashiach? One is our efforts and that generation bring Mashiach, that's a well-known idea. And the other one is that Mashiach has to come, that's also a well-known idea. This is another Pasuk, the guy does not quote over here, but the Gemara in Sanhedrin says, Ani Hashem achishana. I am God, in the right time I shall hasten it. And the Gemara asks, which one is it? Is it in the right time, the pre-appointed time, or is it Achishana, or is it I will hasten it? it sounds like two different things. Ita means the right time, Mashiach will come. Achishana means I will hasten it, I will expedite it. And that, that's before the right time, that's prematurely. So, says the Gemara again, this idea that Mashiach can either come through our merits, and that's Achishana, then Hashem expedites it, Hashem will hasten it, because we precipitated Mashiach's arrival, or Be'ita, but there's the, or there's a fixed time that Mashiach has to come by. So what's, what's the behind the scenes over here? To, to, to understand it a little bit better, the depth behind that, and the way the Gain, is, the Gain describes the, the Be'ita arrival of Mashiach, Mashiach arriving at the right time, the pre-appointed time, comes as a result of two factors. The Mashiach will come at the Be'ita, at the pre-appointed time, because of Hashem's chesed, and because of the merit of the of the others. Now, let's just zoom out for a moment, just ask a question, why do you need both? Why isn't one on its own good enough, right? Why isn't one enough? If Hashem is chesed, Hashem is such a bal chesed, Hashem says, listen, I love you so much, I love you all to pieces, I love the Yidin so much, I'm going to bring Mashiach, even if you can't bring Mashiach, because I want you to have Mashiach. So chesed should be enough to bring Mashiach, Alternatively, the guy offers us another reason why does Mashiach have to come even if we don't earn Mashiach because of the Chosavis, because of the, the merit of the patriarchs. So let that be enough of a reason. Why do I need both reasons? What's the combination? How they work together? It was, this is a Talmudic question we're asking you. Know, we have to ask the Talmudics now. We have to make the Talmudic analysis. Why do I need two different reasons why Mashiach necessarily has to come? Um, whether we earn it or not. Why, is, why do we need a combination of A, because of Hashem's chesed, and B, because of the merit of the patriarchs. Let each one on their own be sufficient. Why does the guy need both? Why does, why, 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 why does the Rebbein let's say, need both? Why isn't Hashem's chesed sufficient on its own or the merit of the forefathers? We have to address and examine that. We also have to use that maybe as a, give us a better understanding of what it means that there's two different methods altogether in bringing Mashiach, that one methodology, one approach is through our merits and one is through this combination, it seems, seeming combination, seeming unnecessary combination of Hashem's Ches and the merit of the forefathers. So let, let's try to explore in this and hopefully come away with a richer, deeper, more meaningful understanding of the concept of Mashiach and, and how to bring about Mashiach. So it's like this. As we mentioned in the beginning of the parak, the arrival of Mashiach and the Geula and the eventual redemption may come soon speedily in our days. We, we all merit to see it, yes, um, is essentially the world coming full circle and needs to be thought of as the world coming full circle. That's what it is and that's how it has to be understood. Full circle means that the world is created for one purpose and it has to go through a whole 
process and evolution to be able to realize that purpose and, and, and for that purpose to be actualized and for everything to come back to where it began, um, for the world to achieve that purpose. That purpose is the revelation of Hashem to a, an environment where Hashem was not revealed. That's essentially the purpose of the creation of the world. Um, Hashem, before the world was ever created, is perfect, is flawless, doesn't need anything, doesn't need a world, doesn't need humanity, doesn't need cholesterol, doesn't need anyone to give to. But, for whatever reason, unbeknownst to us, Hashem decides to create a vacuum, to create a void outside of Himself, so to speak, as it were, where He, he doesn't show up with... with, um, with uh, Clarity in, a, in, a, in an apparent way Hashem is only there in a concealed way inhabited by People and penguins and everything in between in order to eventually reveal himself to that void where he was absent so to speak That's that's the purpose of creation and and our job is to be And, and that, that works hand in hand with our you know, with with our role, our goal in the system is to be um, the participants in the system, so that we can earn our oilam haba. We earn our chelik and oilam haba. Hashem is able to give to us when we are participants, when we are contributors to the system, and we, through our own actions, are helping the world get closer and closer and closer to that point where it's revealing the presence of God, as opposed to concealing the presence of God. But in a nutshell, the world is created first to be there is a place where there's an absence of God, so there should be a presence of God. Now, Hashem is perfect, Hashem is flawless, and Hashem has to, and needs to, and is incapable of, of doing anything but creating a perfect and flawless system. For Hashem to create something outside of Himself where He is absent, that's a flaw, that's imperfection, and the only way that can be justified and balanced is if eventually Hashem will be revealed there, will be apparent, will show up there in his full perfection and to create a, a world, an environment where it can be perpetually stuck in a state of concealment, of chaos, of suffering, of darkness, if that could be the perpetual state of the world, that would be a flaw in Hashem, for Hashem to create such a world that could be stuck perpetually forever in a flawed place and state. Now this is maybe a, a bit of philosophy, a splash of mysticism, Colonel of Kabbalah over here, but this is all truth. These are deep ideas a little bit. We can you know, let them percolate a little bit, chew this over. But for Hashem to create a world that could be just stuck in perpetual darkness and night, that could go out of control, be out of order in an irreparable way, would be a flaw in Hashem and therefore is impossible. It's impossible. Hashem can't do things that are flawed. Hashem can't do things that are imperfect. Okay, that being said, let's continue. It means that if Hashem is going to make a world, the world necessarily has to be able to achieve perfection at the end of its course. The world has to be on a trajectory that eventually, even though it begins with the absence of God, it will conclude with the presence of God. Even though it begins with Hashem's concealment, it will have to re- end with Hashem's revealment. It has to. It has to necessarily be that way. And that's why um, it's in line with Hashem's perfection and Hashem's flawlessness in that it will lead to Hashem's revelation. That means, first and foremost, that gives us the second type of ge'ula. The world has to have locked in and wired in 
a process where the world will get to Mashiach, where there will be Mashiach, and that's the Be'ita. That's the case. That's why there is a line drawn in the sand that Mashiach will come by this time, and not just has to come by this time, but the world itself will bring about Mashiach. World events will naturally bring Mashiach by this time, because Mashiach has to arrive. That's the that's the kates, that's what we call the, the, the point of no return, that's what we call the Be'ita. And now we understand why that has to be locked into the world, because if that wouldn't be locked into the world, the world would be in an imperfect place, would be a flawed place, and Hashem can't make things that are flawed. That's why it's locked in. Now, at the same time, excuse me, we on our own can also expedite Mashiach's arrival. We can hasten the coming of Mashiach through our actions. We can make Mashiach come sooner. For, for two reasons, which are two halves of one whole, two sides of one coin. First of all, because since the world was created as a, initially as a vacuum of void where Hashem doesn't exist and doesn't appear, so to speak, for Hashem to appear there, we can make Hashem appear there. We can do that on our own through mitzvahs, through Maisim Taivim, through Chesed, through Beinam Lechaver, through getting along with everyone. We, we know what to do. We can bring Hashem into this world. And if Kaisal all together does the right thing, then we all together created presence where there was absence, revealment where there was concealment. But also, the reason we've given that ability that dovetails with our purpose in being here all together to begin with, which is we're here to earn our Olam Haba, as we've mentioned earlier. How do we get to Olam Haba? By being contributors, by being um, <clears throat> participants in bringing the world full circle and bringing the world back to its point of origin, being part of the purpose of the world in a purposeful way. Um, that's what gives us our Olam Haba, by creating presence of God where there's seeming absence of God, by revealing God where God is concealed. That is our number one way, and our only way, really, of getting into Adam Haba. So that's another approach to Adam Haba. Okay, and so that is the Achishana. That's the hastening of Mashiach, that's bringing Mashiach in an expedited way, rushing Mashiach, hurrying Mashiach, because we don't need to wait for the line that's drawn to the sand, the point of no return that, by which the world, by which Mashiach has to arrive. We have brought it ourselves, we have created ourselves because we're the ones that we're actively contributing and participating in this. Very gishmak. That's very solid. Again, we're throwing a lot of ideas and, and, and compressing a lot of ideas in here, over here, but there's it's a lot to decompress and a lot to unpack. But taking that a step further. So now we asked, so that we've understood now the point between the two different Mashiachs and why a Mashiach can come at two different times. But there's one more catch. Yes, a line is drawn in the sand by which Mashiach has to arrive. And the world has to come full circle, and Hashem is, cannot create a system that will be imperfect. He cannot create a system wherein He will perpetually be concealed and perpetually be absent, because that represents imperfection. But at the same time, being that, being that there's a twofold purpose going on over here, and being that, yes, the world's created to be absence of God, in order for there to be a presence of God, that's one purpose, but that goes hand in hand, side by side, parallel with the second purpose, which is that our role is to have a role in that. And our goal is to find our goal in that. And our purpose, why are we here? To be contributors and to be participants, to earn Olam Haba. Hashem doesn't need to create a world where He's concealed just to be revealed, and that's it. Because Hashem still doesn't really, so to speak, need that and desire that. Hashem wants the system set up in order to be able to give to Klai Yisrael, in order to give us reward, in order to allow us an opportunity to have closest to, to, closest to Him and bond with Him in Olam Haba. Everybody understand? Hashem still doesn't need to make a world where, like a peekaboo. It's not a peekaboo system where Hashem, you know, goes like this and says, oh, peekaboo, it's really me, right? That's the model 
of absence that leads to presence, of concealment that leads to revealment, yes, but that on its own is still not a justification of Hashem creating the world. That justifies the world when that goes hand in hand together with Hashem being able to reward, and being able to give, and being able to bestow His goodness and His muchness and His radiance on Klal Yisrael. So we still need that also. And without that, the model still is not satisfying the purpose that Hashem creates the world. And that's why we need a dual reason why there's a line drawn in the sand, a kates, a kates hayamim, a a a point of that that Mashiach has to arrive by. We need another reason for that, and that is the merit of the avos of the patriarchs. In other words, why do we also have to have the zeichach has the avos? Why isn't it not enough to say Laman Shemai? Again, the Laman Shemai is the idea of Hashem has to reveal Himself because the purpose of the world is for Hashem to be absent so Hashem can be present. That's the Laman Shemai. If Hashem would, would just be absent and remain absent forever from this world, that would be a flaw in Hashem's perfection. So the Laman Shemai is because Hashem has to be perfect, the Hashem cannot be imperfect. Okay, we got that. But what about the Zoycher Chazdei Avais? Why do we need the Zoycher Chazdei Avais? The Teretz is Rabbi Yisai. This is the second half of the coin. At the same time, Hashem creates a system in order to reward humanity, in order to give to Klai, so to be a nice and to be a mate for Hashem to bestow His goodness and His richness upon us. And there has to be representatives of humanity, of Klai Yisrael, for Hashem to give to. That's the Schus Avis. In other words, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov were given this Yainus. They were given trials. They passed those trials. They earned the right to Olam Haba, and they created Klai Yisrael. They earned the right to Olam Haba, and they create Klai Yisrael. And in creating Klai Yisrael, in their state of perfection, in, in them passing all their tests, and Avram becoming the, the bastion of Chesed, Yitzchok becoming the, the um, benchmark of Gevura, and Yaakov, Yaakov becoming the the prototype of Emes and Tiferes, they have now, A, certainly earned their Olam Haba, but B, established a Klai Yisrael that, that um, has the ability to get to Olam Haba and, and has not only, not only the ability to get, but a Klai Yisrael that has the, uh, the, the ability to invoke an argument of, I'm a descendant of Avram and Yaakov, I'm a descendant of the patriarchs, that um, I have a, I have a pass based on that argument, a pass, pass to get into Olam Haba based on that argument, that look, I'm their descendant, and they earned the Olam Haba, and they earned Mashiach, they earned the Geula, they earned the Geula, let's say that way, they earned the Geula, before Olam Haba, they earned the Geula, again, we're talking about Mashiach, I mean, we're talking about Geula, Geula's in this world, not the next world, but they earned the, the um, ability to have the end of days, just it was too, humanity was not ready for it yet, Kleis was not ready for it yet. So that means if all else fails, even if every generation between Avraham Yaakov and Mashiach's eventual arrival has failed to achieve their test, has failed to achieve their goal rather, and to accomplish what they were what they, what they were tasked with, Avraham Yaakov themselves did earn it. It just wasn't the right time yet to bring Mashiach. They certainly did earn it, and hence, even if all generations don't come together as one generation to accomplish the Achishena of them on their own revealing Hashem to, to merit the bringing of Mashiach. And Hashem needs to bring Mashiach so this world should be an imperfect place. We can satisfy, nevertheless, the second um, purpose in creating the world, which is Hashem creates the world to give 
Hashem creates a world to be a noisain. Hashem creates a world to share His goodness. I, who, who earned that? The answer is Klaisol earned that. Where did Klaisol earn that? If every generation failed, Klaisol earned that in that we're all descendants of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. And they were never paid. They were never rewarded. They never got to see Mashiach. And Hashem, therefore, has a, a, a valid argument to present it to Himself, which is we have to reward the descendants because the descendants are slivers of the fathers. Biglal Avais Tashia Banim. Biglal Avais Tashia Banim. The Avais, the patriarchs, earned the Geula. The patriarchs earned the redemption. And since they never saw it, their descendants have a schus hataina, we would say, an argument to, to, uh, to, for them to see Mashiach because this is bringing the Mashiach to the patriarchs, essentially, when we bring it to their children. Um, why do I earn? Why do I deserve to see Mashiach? We all say, as great, 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 great grandchildren of the patriarchs, I deserve to see Mashiach because I'm a sliver of Avram, and Avram deserved Mashiach, and Avram never got it. So, by rewarding me, you're rewarding Avram. By letting me see Mashiach, you're letting Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov see Mashiach, because we're all slivers and bits and pieces of Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. That's big lal of us banim. So this satisfies the second goal and the purpose of creating the world and bring the eventual Mashiach is that Hashem has to reward Klai Yisrael. Hashem has to reward the contributors even if we have never earned it. The others have earned it and, and, and we satisfy both reasons and bring Mashiach. A. Laman Shemoy. Hashem has to be revealed, can't be concealed forever. That would be a flaw and imperfection. And B. Hashem is a nice and is a native create the world to be, for, that he's concealed for the world to reveal Hashem, and for the world to be rewarded with Mashiach. See, even if we on our own didn't deserve it, didn't earn it, but the forefathers did, and they were never repaid, they were never rewarded by seeing the Gul and seeing Mashiach, and by bringing Mashiach to us, Hashem is actually rewarding the, the forefathers if we, Hashem don't merit on our own, don't get the Achishana, we get the Be'ita, and Biglal Ava Yisheshia Banim, Rewarding us is rewarding the fathers. Bring Mashiach to us is bring Mashiach to Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov, being that we are their descendants. That's quite a lot to unpack, Rabbi Yisai, and that's why the gun concludes. The end of days, when Mashiach has to come, that line that's drawn there, it was revealed to the Avis. To my heart, I have revealed it. To the forefathers, patriarchs, and to Moshe, who also had that perfection of Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov, he could have been the Avis on his own. To them was revealed the case. Why to the others? Why it's coming up in a few weeks' time? Yaakov Avinu knew when Mashiach was going to come. He wanted to share it to his sons. Why does Yaakov know when Mashiach is going to come? Because Yaakov really brought Mashiach. Yaakov is holding by seeing Mashiach. Yaakov is the original Achishena. Just the generation is not holding by Mashiach. But Yaakov knows when that point of in, in, in time is. Avram Yitzchak knows when that point in time is. We don't know when that point in time is because. We're now the Banim. We have to try to work on bringing Mashiach on our own. But since the Avos really already got there, they made it. They already earned that reward of seeing, of, of, of seeing Mashiach roll in because they were the contributors and the participants. That's why they know when Mashiach is going to come. Okay, everybody said so we packed quite a lot in today's session. There's a lot to review. I would recommend all those in WhatsApp land maybe listen to this a few times. Take notes. And and, and uh, tomorrow we, Mitzvah Shem, we go weiter to Yud. Thank you all for joining. Everyone should have a wonderful today.